0: You're listening to The Neo Moray Show. My name is Thomas Dam. I'm at FICT Amsterdam. My guest is Jared Fickland.
1: Welcome. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah, can you please introduce yourself? Sure, sure. sure. My name is Jared Fickland and I am a partner and creative technologist at Argo Design, which is a product design firm in Austin, Texas. And I've spent my whole life playing with the intersection between humans and technology.
0: At what point did you know that you wanted to be a
1: designer? It came late in life. I always thought I was going to be a professional skateboarder or a rock and roll musician. Okay. (laughs) But somewhere in school, um, I, I really focused on just getting a college degree. I'd been in school for about seven years and I looked in the school catalog and it turned out that with the credits I had, I could get a degree in marketing in about a year and a half. And in that process, I was introduced to the world of design. Um, And I had always had a hobby of programming computers. I'm a kid of the 80s and 90s. And so computers, dad bought us an Atari 800. I had a subscription to Basic Magazine. And it was at that moment that those things converged. And I graduated uh, college in 1999. So they converged at the moment that the internet was hitting Mm. everywhere. And this enabled me to go out and get a job at places that were trying to put design out on the internet now first I was just the guy who made the design happen Uh, but I started really enjoying the process Mm -hmm. I learned more about it eventually got a job at Frog and that's when I really realized I could be a designer Mm -hmm. that the tool sets were changing and I could be a creative technologist I could use i mean, to be a design technologist. We say graphic designer, we say interactive designer. That's an accident of the human language. We can't say um, technology designer. It's two nouns. It doesn't mean, but what, what a design technologist is or a creative technologist is are actually using code and the tools of code to design in the same way that a graphic designer would use photoshop to mm. place pixels or the way an interactive designer would use visio to lay out um, flow diagrams mm. i would build simulations and help answer interactive problems using code and this brought me a, a realization that i really could design mm. 14 years later and another three on top of that and yeah, the yeah. designer although i still call myself a creative technologist okay <laughs> but that's a Great title, right? It works. I think it's uh, the appropriately descriptive when you flip the words around. Yeah, somebody who's using technology in a creative way to achieve design. Creative technologies. Yeah,
0: you can teach that even.
1: I yeah, can. it's a way of thinking. There, are, there are, and the closest thing I've seen out there in the United States are computational arts programs, hmm. where they really combine the fields of art, art artistic uh, purpose and aesthetics with computer coding. Mm-hmm. Um, great but even everyone's mixed up these days Um, to be a really good graphic designer today in the product design industry you need to pick up some coding or some skills on simulation Mm -hmm. Um, and to be a really good technologist you have to have an awareness of design principles and so uh, it is really required to wear two hats mm-hmm. these days, and so the, maybe the title creative technologist will get out there, and it might just disappear altogether, mm-hmm. and we'll all go back to just being designers. Mm-hmm. It's this really big container where everything fits in, and then you have small containers. It's the constant swirl yeah. in the yeah. in the design industry titles. Yeah, <laughs> they expand and contract, expand and contract. Yeah. So the precise answer is 1999. <laughs> that you decided to become that's a designer, I become a designer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah wow that's
0: that's very precise <laughs> prince that's pretty prince prince song <laughs> now you're designing experience uh, driven by technology how did this shift
1: happen to me it was never a shift the market shifted okay to me i was always doing this kind of experience design driven by technology mm. but it was hidden it was just called a website it was just called an app um, lately, um, the physical has broken back out again. Uh, all physical products need to have a digital interface, and all digital interfaces need to have a physical uh, present or manifestation. Mm. Sensors, and so uh, the fact that I am doing that has become more visible. So, because of the technology
0: and getting computers smaller, yeah. makes it more visible for everybody to That's, use it in, ho- in their in their home.
1: Absolutely, well, th- that that is another trend you're referring to. Um, that um, computational power and therefore interfaces for computing are just becoming ubiquitous. We're picking up just hundred, hundreds of them at this point. We don't even know it anymore when we mm-hmm. buy a computer half mm-hmm. the time. We just buy this fancy thing that's supposed to lock and unlock our door. We don't realize that there's a full computer microprocessor, chipset yeah. in there, a Wi-Fi stack. All there isn't is a screen and a keyboard and a mouse.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, And... Um, and so, yeah, computing power is, is spreading and therefore interactivity. It's really a, a interesting time.
0: That actually leads to the next question is
1: um, how visible should technology be? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think that in terms of visibility, technology should have a quiet presence and it should behave as technology. It's a little, I don't know if people remember Clippy from the old Microsoft mm. Windows day. Um, There's a problem when when computers take on too great of an appearance of being human and are a little too pushy with what they have to offer you. It just gets creepy, turns into the uncanny valley. And I think it's best when when the products really work to elegantly serve you in the quietest manner possible. I think the Nest thermostat is a great example of that. Um, It's a, a computerized thermostat that has a Wi-Fi attachment about 900 megahertz ARM processor, and it uses that to do two things. One, the out-of-box experience is exquisite. You just give it your zip code and your Wi-Fi SSID and password, and it programs itself. Mm -hmm. It looks at all the users in your area, it looks at the weather patterns for your area, and it sets up a good program for you. And from then on, it begins watching your behavior. Mm when it's too hot you turn it down when it's too cold you turn it up and it tracks that information Mm -hmm. and it adjusts its schedule accordingly pretty soon you're just not touching it at all and that's a way better experience than like uh clumsily programming a thermostat right you could have used all that computing power for it to like come out and and, like lead you through this like what do you want to be scheduled to be monday what do you want the schedule to be tuesday but that would be super annoying (laughs) there's a certain amount of elegance that we're we're looking for here.
0: Yeah, and so and and we get more and more used to this um technology is learning from us, they adjust to us and then we even don't know what all the small devices in our house are doing and they talk. Yeah, we're together. just
1: we don't need yeah, we'll get to a place where we don't need to know what we're, they're doing. We're just going to buy a feature. Yeah. You know, we're going to buy a feature that's like turn the lights on in a certain order when I come home. And we'll call it the uh, Iron Man garage, right? So yeah. <laughs> like when Jarvis turns on the lights in a sequence, mm-hmm. right? We we won't need to know the rest. We just want it to do what it's going to do. And is that scary? I don't think so. Okay, <laughs> I also don't think so. But you know, I know think. what people get to. They, they, you, your, people get to a point where they're thinking, "Oh, I've all these computers in my house. They're taking over controls of human mm. function. Um, uh, that could be scary. What if they falls into the wrong hands? Certainly, security needs to get a little better. Yes. But it is, it is. As it gets deployed, security gets better. The first doors didn't have locks on them that's true but it was pretty soon afterwards that they had locks Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> people are now always in their screen how can we get out of the our phone but and look just look around
1: yeah, I don't have the stats handy but you're right people spend a lot of time staring into their phones and it's we it almost become a societal problem that we talk mm-hmm. about you know where people like walking into fountains or You always see these things on Facebook, um, you know, top 10 things you can do to make your spouse upset with your smartphone, right? We love this. This is why we're immersing ourselves into the entertainment, the productivity, and the socialization that's in that device is what we want. To get people out of that device and more present in the environment, we need to take what's on that device and put it into the environment and that's what i think we're hungry for we want an integrated reality where the digital lifestyle we're leaving our phone can be out more out in the open with us in the environment and shared we want to be more cooperative with us we want it not just in our environment in a way but we we can see it and be participatory Mm -hmm. that way we're not sucked into the device into the device and it's not so much of a problem argo design we call that an integrated reality some people call it ubiquitous computing but Mm -hmm. i think it's a a, it's a future that a lot a lot of people will want or thirsty mm. for
0: okay it's out of our phone all the technology is out there
1: how do we see it yeah so we're i think uh, and when do we see it i think projection is about to see a second resurgence right projectors became these things that you ubiquitous. They're in every conference room. Some people have them as home theaters. TVs got bigger and then projectors kind of started fading away. But it's a great technology. Light can be present on any object. It interacts with that object. It takes on the properties of that object when it reflects. And it's very natural. Our eyes evolved to work with light in our environment. Mm -hmm. So I think you're going to see projection come into the home in a much different way, in a way that's not focused at doing a high definition image, but it's more focused on displaying data. That way, when you ask for a recipe, it could just appear projected on your countertop in a correct way. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think, one of the first ways we'll see this spread out. Second way is just features. Mm -hmm. Your basic Internet of Things, turn on the lights, they turn on, they'll spread out amongst our environment. And then a, a third way is voice, right? A room size scale does not facilitate touch interactions, Mm -hmm. right? But a voice can reach across a room. Um, Projection can reach across a room. So I think voice systems, and we do a lot of study of that, called interactive light, Mm -hmm. uh, where you have voice, uh, computer vision, computer sight, uh, and projection unified into a a computing environment, usually on a horizontal surface. So it feels like very applicable in the home. Just imagine buying a stove with a vent hood that has a projector in it and all it does is project the temperature of the gas flame or the electric flame on the hood. Think, imagine how useful that is, just that. Now, if a pico projector that's capable of doing that with white light is down to a bomb cost, bill of materials cost of $25, mm. and you're just adding $25 to the price of a vent hood above a stove to have this feature, mm. that's something yeah. people will buy. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to step in one yeah. place at a time. And there are people doing Kickstarters right now with more comprehensive system. they are Edison light bulb fixtures that screw in. They have computers. They have projectors. They have microphones on them. They can build a whole interface underneath any place where you have a mm-hmm. uh, uh, a light mm. they also provide light yeah. <laughs> you can do this now because when you switch to LED lighting you save so much power that you can use it for computation out of the yeah. same wiring without yeah. having to rewire your house hu- so it's really
0: convenient actually it makes everything even more easier and then you can get out of the phone
1: it has a deployment plan it's yeah. not like you're figuring out how to integrate a projector into your countertop no. you have recent license- lighting you're just screwing in a light bulb now you have a projection yeah. on your countertop no so one's gonna you- lay down a 50-inch LCD TV no. on their countertop. No. No, no, <laughs> that no, won't work. No, no that's true. Um,
0: okay. At Frog Design, you organized um, I- interactive parties. How does organizing such a parties or events um, influence uh,
1: your work? Well, it gave me an opportunity to engage in these social experiments, examining mm-hmm. people's intersection between technology and humanity in very playful ways. Yeah. Almost experimental ways. Yeah. Um, we built some augmented reality porta potties that showed you um, on the door whether they occupied or not and told you whether the occupant was sitting or standing and timed them while they were in there. I mean, this was really kind of like provocative stuff. It was really fun to do. The purpose for that party was really just thought leadership. And because Frog was in Austin, there was an Austin office there, and South by Southwest and Frog had a long history. Uh, there was an the opportunity to yeah. step into this party. I stepped into it and immediately said, it's South by Southwest interactive. This party needs to be interactive. It needs to be a showcase for almost a tongue in cheek look at the cutting edge of technology. So like one year we took time of light and said, what is this depth sensing cameras? Uh, how are they gonna af- affect mm-hmm. experiments? One year we took gaming and said, how could we take digital and meld it with the analog? And one year we examined the other singularity and how mm-hmm. all these like, crazy provocations about what will happen when you have low-cost technology. The way it influenced me is I got to put a lot of this technology in front of people and watch them use it. And it gives you a really great um, view in what will be promising and what will be not, so viability because okay. you see people's reaction to it. Secondly, it taught me a lot of skills for prototyping, which is just essential when you're doing product design mm-hmm. in order to stand up a product as, as mm-hmm. quickly as possible.
0: And so you get <coughs> by throwing apart instant feedback on all the development uh, that you already <coughs> did in the studio. A
1: party is a great place to do this because it's not like user testing. People no. are in a good mood. They're accepting somewhere like South by Southwest Interactive. They're actually very receptive to new technology. Yes. Therefore, you can get them to interact with it. You could take it to a. a in, Ask people to interact with it, and they'll give you a very different result. So you would yeah. be a lot more playful about it, yeah. and it's just fun. And at Argo Design, we are continuing this theme. Uh, we are um, hosting with Maker Fair Austin. We're not big enough to do the opening party of South by Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> but with Maker Fair Austin, um, yeah. we're able to do what we call the Think by Making Party, and mm-hmm. it's Saturday night. Uh, at Maker Faire in Austin, which is one of the premier Maker Faires. And um, we do the same thing. We set up new experiments. And this year we're going to try this social experiment with um, uh, smart dumb cups. The cups we're going to put computing power into. And you uh, buy them. And you set the color. And then you tell it how much you paid for it. Mm-hmm. Right? And it, in it it has a receiver and a, and a transmitter. And it will stay that color unless someone around you within sight paid more for their cup. Then your cup will turn the color of their cup. (laughs) So it becomes this game of influencers. And we're going to use it as a fundraiser for Mm -hmm. Girls Who Code, actually, Mm -hmm. and have people uh, get competitive to see who can be the biggest influencer in the room. And to do that, they're going to have to pay the most for their cup. Yeah, that's great. It's super fun. Yeah, (laughs) and Just see how people start playing with this technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's
0: amazing. Yeah, Yeah. so if you're in
1: Austin in May, (laughs) it's Mother's Day, May Saturday. It's the day before Mother's Day. Saturday, May 13th. Okay. Uh, buy Counter a ticket, uh, they're, they're $10 and come to the thing by making party, bring extra money to buy your cup. All benefits, Girls in Code. Girls that Code also in Austin? Or no. That's a worldwide it's, foundation. It plan? may be worldwide. I know it's nationwide. I know it's across the United States oh, okay. and it's a, a non-profit that helps um, young girls learn to code computers. So it's yeah. a great charity.
0: Yeah. Um, in, in your answer just before, and, and the party that you are now hosting with Argo Design is Think by Making. Yeah. That's like the philosophy of your, your company.
1: Yeah. Think, Joshua but, Noble was the first one to introduce me to this phrase, think by making, deliver by demo. And um, you know, I, I, it, it just immediately felt natural because it's what I had been doing in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that you, any design idea especially ones that are interactive you want to stand up as quickly as possible by any means to get a check of validity and viability it's you can spend a lot of time in conceptual headspace you can waste a lot of time there really not knowing if it's going to feel good if it's going to work Mm -hmm. if it's going to feel good once it transfers into technology so it is a prototyping message but Mm -hmm. um It is one where, uh, and is the credo for Argo design, we think by making, Uh, and that's at both stages. So originating an idea, we want to prototype it or create some sort of user experience simulation or some sort of technical spike in code to see how it feels with the purpose of seeing how it feels. Mm -hmm. But it's also in in deployment, right? You can't just bundle up a deck and like drop it in someone's lap and then walk away. Uh, you have to work out the problems that come up as it's being developed. You need to continue to think, you know, while making. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, we've adopted it as our our credo, think by making.
0: And is it also like making the process faster or does it bring you new ideas quicker or there It brings you
1: validity quicker. Okay. It brings you viability quicker. Yeah. Ideas are pretty easy. Uh, You can take a group of designers at Argo Design sitting around for five minutes and they can change the world Mm -hmm. with enough ideas that would take Microsoft 20 years to deploy. Mm -hmm. Which one of those ideas is viable? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is the one that's right for now, for that technology, for this user, for this experience? That is the thing that you want to arrive at quickly. Otherwise, you spend a lot of time chasing a lead. And the plate. you don't want to be... i 'll give you a case study from a long time ago okay I was working on uh, a touchscreen for Archelik, which is a, a Turkish um, appliance company it sells a lot of washing machines in, in Europe. The setup cost to get one of those machines made is enormous mm-hmm. and you do not want to go through all those setup costs and then find out in the marketplace that <laughs> your yeah. desi- your theory on how a touchscreen should operate a washing machine, uh, yeah. Is lost completely lost on a German grandma. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to get that established very early on at the beginning of the process. Yeah. So that's where it saves you time yeah. and money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can it's a, you can also speed up. Yes, you can speed up time to market. Yeah, yeah. And you can really just speed up the time where you know your idea is viable or valid, especially in places where you're working with a unique technology. We have other techniques in design for you know finding out if an idea is valid we use design research right mm-hmm. we'll go out and talk to the users mm-hmm. uh, all this all these kind of tool sets that, that we and that we still do but those tool sets tend to thrive in a place where you have established conventions so you know how the technology is going to work you know how the user is going to regard the technology all right take something like voice and gesture for instance you go ask a person what would you do with a connect in a car they have no idea. This is a unique place. This is a brand new technology. They have no experience with it. And in Western cultures, they lie to you. They'll just make something up. <laughs> okay. And so you better be able to put them in front of something that's an approximation of working, and you better get there yourself so you can really feel that it's working and that it has value to offer the consumer. A very important thing to get to quickly, and that's where it saves you time. And that's a very valuable thing. Don't waste time drawing a bunch of beautiful sketches that can't be made. Yeah. You we'll do that really on the that. weekend. Yeah, as exactly. practice, making beautiful sketches. Yeah, or as a vision piece. <laughs> yeah.
0: In your presentation, there was one slide, and it says, um, "Great
1: value comes
0: by closing small gaps."
1: Yeah. What do you exactly mean with that? Great value comes from closing small gaps, right? Basis of this is like for the last 25 years, we have set up huge technology systems, big ones, for productivity, for entertainment, and for socialization right and uh, for networking computers together we call that the cloud right mm. but as we set all this all up there are a lot of gaps within those systems and anyone who has a technology system has some form of gaps right so there's a few things that w- one can look for is there's latent value in those systems and where is that latent value or there's lost value because people are annoyed by the gap right mm. or there's just a different differentiation opportunity and these are things you need to look can look for. Um, to give an example, um, this is not something that Argo Design did, but uh, um, Disney uh, put out magic bands. There's these RFID radio wrist bands. Okay. Uh, a frog helped them design those. Put them on the wrist and you scan them at various places in the park. Disney spent a lot of money deploying those magic bands. Go use Google and get some idea. Um, ultimately, most of what those bands do is keep you from having to pull your wallet out of your pocket take out your credit card and scan it That's right. a very small gap yeah
0: yeah, yeah. but That's it's a true.
1: very tiny gap but it's so much of more a pleasant material experience to be in their theme parks or at a cruise ship not having to do that mm-hmm. It's so much more pleasant. Mm-hmm. And that's a great amount of values come from closing a very small gap. Yeah. Um, there's so much technology being deployed right now, like in the home automation space, that really just deals with turning lights on and off mm-hmm. in a slightly better way. Um, yeah. So you can look at almost any technology and think by applying a little more computational power or some design, I can close this gap and make it more elegant. Mm-hmm. Uh, think of what Siri was added to the smartphone to do. Yeah, really close the gaps between what's happening uh, outside the lock screen yeah. and at times when you couldn't look at the screen right it's small gaps yeah and i think we'll be closing small gaps as product designers for the like pretty much will be the main mission for the next 20 years you know until okay. until we make some breakthrough in quantum computing or the mm-hmm. next um uh th- law of physics falls to our mercy um Uh, I don't know that a lot of big systems are going to be, you know, created next. So we have a lot of small gaps to fill. So, and then our daily experience is getting better and better or different. Exactly. Yeah, it's getting different. Exactly. Adding elegance to our daily experience. We've got a lot of power, a lot of data. Now, let's get some elegance in there. Let's make things work.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah,
1: that's what what I mean. Okay, so. Yeah, uh, because like... In some ways, it's like advice to young designers who come up and are looking for the next big idea. It's like, you don't have to look that far away, you feel.
0: No. <laughs> Just keep it close, and if you want to improve something, yeah, focus on that.
1: Yeah, look, at, look in the systems you use today. You're going to find um, things to solve.
0: So that actually brings us to the, my NEON 5. I want to ask you like single recommendations in five categories. And let's start with, let's start with movies. Okay. Which movie do you recommend to watch? And I probably have a ton of movies that you <laughs> want to recommend
1: that we can. What movie do I recommend? What? Only one? No, you can.
0: Uh, ten is also good. Okay. It, it well, one. Matter.
1: Watch the Matrix trilogy. Yes. Okay. Of course. Watch the Matrix trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, watch a um, short. Uh, a, a documentary called "Hands on the Hard Body," so the Matrix is going to give you a view, you know, a, a version, a view of like how complex it is for humanity and technology to really interact, exist together. Very difficult problem, mm-hmm. which they solve in the movie. A lot of people say they don't, but I say they do. It's a different podcast. Sorry. Uh, go watch a movie called "Hands on the Hard Body," which will help you understand. A lot about the human condition and a lot about Texas that you never, that, that is really hard to get from just the press and books. Mm-hmm. Hands on the Hard Body. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay. And you can get that on? I go to Amazon. Go on Amazon. Find it. Yeah. Hands on the Hard Body. Documentary. Yeah. Great. It also okay. was one of the first documentaries that changed documentary filmmaking Okay, from like the Ken Burns era of narration based uh, documentaries that really dealt with telling the story behind the story Mm -hmm. to a documentary format that was more about the character study where actually what's going on is less important than learning about the people doing it which if you go on Netflix today that's like all you see Mm -hmm. like all you see are character study documentaries Mm -hmm. masquerading as this guy's running a marathon or this is someone's expensive kitchen Um, but yeah Hands on the hard body was like okay one yeah. The down. Okay. yeah event oh FITC wherever the one is closest to you, you should go to it and then South by Southwest interactive yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> food food pizza pizza yeah
0: special place in Austin
1: uh, home slice pizza okay great yeah, I make my right. own it's really good Best. also green chili I'm addicted to chilies especially the green chili from hatch New Mexico where I grew up Sounds delicious. It is delicious. Oh, wow. He's so the best king of chilies. Finally,
0: miscellaneous. Something from your life that you would recommend to everybody.
1: Like something they should do once in your life? Like bucket list? Mm-hmm. Everyone should go to White Sands Mo- National Monument on a full moon. Where is it? It's in New Mexico. Okay. Somewhere between uh, south of where they set off the first nuclear bomb, north of where the uh, 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 the uh, Cormac McCarthy uh, described the crossing of the uh, cities on the plain, somewhere east of where aliens visited and uh, somewhere west of the green chili fields is this giant deposit of gypsum sand which is perfectly white and on full moons they leave it open till midnight you can go out there it's just the most surreal experience oh, wow. you realize that um, uh, right here on earth you don't need CG or virtual reality Right here on Earth, you can just find so many environments mm-hmm. that are so different from your everyday that they will completely change your perception of yeah. reality. Yeah. yeah. That's for sure. And that's one of them. Yeah. Okay. It's a long trip, but get there if you can. Okay.
0: That sounds great. Okay. Thank you, Jared. It was you're welcome. nice talking to you. Thank you. Oh, wait.
1: Did you press record? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I press record.
1: I hope so. <laughs> Podcast <Wow>. over. <laughs>
0: That's Jared Franklin talking with me, Thomas Dam. You can find more episodes of The Neo Moray Show wherever you get your podcast. On SoundCloud, iTunes or on our website neomoray.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook as Neomare. And if you are enjoying The Neo Moray Show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps others to find out about the show. Thanks for listening and we will be back with more very soon. The Neo Moray Show is brought to you with the support of Tabletto. Tabletto is a typographic game with which you can design any letter form or number in all languages. Besides making type you can use the Tabletto shapes to make whatever you like. Check it out on Tabletto.nl and get 10% off on checkout using promo code NEOMORAY.